1: So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Volume.
0: The Three and Out podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code COLLIN so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? How we doing? 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff. Live coming at you from the owner's meetings in Florida. Just kidding. Wish I was in Florida right now. I'm in gloomy Northern California. Where it's rained, you know, we, we don't get much rain, but it was, it was, pouring would be strong, but it was, you know, good, good, consistent drizzle today. Um, and we got football to talk about. A lot of information coming out of the owners meetings today. Uh, some thoughts on Belichick, some thoughts on teams copying the Rams. Uh, just, we'll just dive around. Hard Knocks, Detroit. Malik Willis, the the rise of Malik Willis. We'll just we'll just hit on some different stuff and see where we go. Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide right into those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. We answer some questions here. We put do the other one for the Middlecoff mailbag on the weekend. Pretty easy, very standard. Just my name. Slide up into those DMs. And uh, if you could, if you listen on Collins' feed, greatly appreciate for everyone that's subscribed to the Three and Out podcast. Leave a review. That helps with the selling and uh, keeps his business going, keeps food on my table, and keeps uh, burritos in my stomach, because I just had a, uh, a little burrito from this, uh, actually, it's kind of a chain spot, Rubio's, and uh, a recommendation. By the time you're listening to this, we have a couple days of aftermath after the uh, Will Smith, the famous slap to the dome of Chris Rock. His apology, he had one of the greatest lines I've ever seen. And we're a very male-dominated um, podcast. I'd say about ninety-nine point nine percent male. If you guys have girlfriends or you guys have wives, Will Smith had a line at the end of his apology that next time you get into a fight with your significant other and you're not in good graces, the key line is, "Honey, I am a work in progress." What can you? Th- there is no rebuttal to that. Because a lot of times when we're fighting, you know, we, we, we're stubborn. Our ego gets involved and we just won't budge. It is key. Honey, I am a work in progress. That will get you, it won't, it won't work, but it's a great line. I mean, it's like, it's like talking about a draft prospect, right? Like, you know, what about Jalen Rager? You know, he's a work in progress. You know, that's, that's how you just talk about yourself. I am a work in progress. I appreciate the Fresh Prince for dropping that line. I, I, uh, I'm I going to steal that one, and I'm going to use it the rest of my life. Because no matter where I'm at, whether I'm 37 or when I'm 70, I'm going to tell people I am a work in progress. Let's dive into some football. Well, I wanted to start with a guy that goes by the name, The Hoodie. Bill, I guess his real name would be William Belichick. And Belichick today at the Combine, of course... Uh, avoided the, uh, the coach's picture, as he does every year. He's the only guy that refuses to take the coach's picture. I don't know why. I think it's actually like he should go. It'd be kind of funny. But that's, you know, <laughs> rinse, wash, repeat. Every year, he is not going to be part of that. But he said something today that, to me, was a little enlightening. And we've been talking about him now, I guess, for probably several weeks uh, because there was a story that he was going to become the offensive coordinator. And I'm all for that. Like, I, who doesn't want to see Bill Belichick be the offensive coordinator? I think we could all raise our hands like that makes the Patriots pretty interesting. Because without Bill Belichick, let's face it, the Patriots would be very, very uninteresting. And while they're quote-unquote probably not considered the biggest national brand over the last couple decades, they were easily one of the league's biggest cash shows with the combination of Bill and of Tom. Now, since Bill lost Tom... You know, let's face it, if you've ever met an older guy who is very, very successful and very, very rich, one, they, they, they have some things in common. I think it's fair to somewhat stereotype them. They can be stubborn. Why are they stubborn? Well, because when you're 65, 70, 75 years old and you've had a, had a lot of success, you're probably not changing your ways. That's not saying that you're not open to trying new things. Clearly, Bill is. But you have some philosophical beliefs that ain't going to budge, that are not going to change. And also, part of Bill, because he's so tied to one person, there is this competitive nature. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a football coach, and Tom is a football player. Their job is literally to compete. And now, they're not just competing against other teams. They are competitive against each other. And Bill said something today about not having an offensive and defensive coordinator. And listen, he said, I'm not that big on titles. And I think I've told this story before. Is I, I lived with this guy, good friend of mine. Uh, when I moved back to do the West Coast in San Francisco, very, very successful financial advisor. He now works in hedge funds. Uh, he, he's like a year older than me. He was my cousin's good buddy. Ivy League guy, brilliant. Absolute wheeler and dealer hustler. And I remember he changed jobs when I was living with him. And he remember, he told me, like, I was so big on getting the right title on my office, the title on my office, and I ended up making less money because I was so obsessed with the title. Titles are pretty irrelevant, right? Would you rather be called a senior vice president and make two hundred grand, or have uh, be called an intern and make $500,000? Ultimately, titles are somewhat hollow. There, there's got to be substance behind the title and what you make or your responsibilities are always the most important. More than just some title on a team or a company's website. Who gives a shit? Now, unlike a company, right? Whether you're an intern, a senior vice president, how much you're making and what you're actually doing is important. You do need two people on game day to call the offensive plays and to call the defensive plays. Now, one thing I appreciate about Bill, he's got a little renegade to him. He's not a big rule follower. I never have been either. You know, I. Th- there are things I know people get caught up in Bill pushing the envelope. I like anyone that pushes the envelope. I like that Belichick pisses people off. That to me is a very relatable quality for myself in Bill Belichick. I I have a lot of admiration for his not giving a shit what other people think to him. But to me, this feels like a little bit of an ego play. Slash, he doesn't have anybody. And I've been saying for a while, like. He did an incredible job of molding all these people for decades, right? All these guys that went on to become GMs, all these guys that went on to become coaches. Like, eventually, you're going to run out. And the number of guys that left him is pretty insane. Like, if you went to work for Bill Belichick over the last 20 years, more likely than not, you made a shit... He made probably more millionaires... As a head coach, it would probably come down to him or Andy Reid. More millionaires, uh, general managers, and coaches. That includes assistant coaches that went on to be OCs and DCs other places as well as the guys that became OCs and DCs under him that became head coaches than anyone in league history. Now, we'll see. Times will change. McVay, Shanahan, they're, they're popping guys out at a high rate too as well. But I would say right now, Belichick and Andy Reid were just producing those guys at a really high level. Eventually, you run out. Because part of like the thing with Bill, if you're a young guy, you're like, well, it's really miserable, it's really hard, but you're going to win Super Bowls. That was guaranteed. Well, the last couple of years, that's not guaranteed anymore, right? It's like, if, if I remove Bill Belichick from the New England Patriots, and let's just take a, like a solid coach, like Ron Rivera, no chance on God's green earth they would make the playoffs this year. Absolutely zero. Like, the only reason that the Patriots made the playoffs last year and will compete to make it again this year, even though the AFC is clearly harder, is because of Bill Belichick. Their quarterback, is average of the day is long. They don't have that many transcendent players on their team, and they basically just run the ball and play defense, right? And, you know, he's the defensive mastermind. But not naming an OC and DC, to me, is a little bit of an ego play. It's like, watch what I can do. Because I think here's what he has to know. But he'd never admit this, not in a million years. And I'm psychoanalyzing a little bit. But he's never going to win another Super Bowl. That's never going to happen. The AFC is way too hard. And ultimately, his quarterback is just not going to be good enough. thats I don't even think that's an opinion. That's just a fact. Now, he can make the playoffs as a wild card like he did last year. And it is very admirable. It's very impressive that he's making the playoffs with Mac Jones and a bunch of offensive players beside the running backs you can't even name. Like, you can't name any of his wide receivers. So, he's going to have to keep doing moves like this because Tommy couldn't get another Super Bowl in Tampa. Bill can't. But Bill can do things like, well, how about the year when Belichick won 10 games and was the seventh seed? He was the offensive coordinator and he did not have a defensive coordinator. Like, you get credit for that. You know, that's kind of adding to his resume because he knows he's never going to win another Lombardi there again. He would never in a million years probably even admit that privately. But come on, let's just call a spade a spade. You're not winning a Super Bowl in the AFC with Mac Jones and an average roster when you literally have to outcoach people every single week. And here's the other thing. Like, he lost Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels took some of the guys from that staff, some young people like Mike Lombardi's son, Mick. Like, those were type guys Bill was molding, and then they left. So I think Bill's just in trouble in the sense that he doesn't have the young coaches on the staff anymore. And two, like, his ego's at play a little bit because the competitiveness with Tom and trying to add to his legacy is just the only thing he really has left. Like, he gets credit for 10-11 win seasons. Like, now Tom is only playing for Super Bowls. That's the only thing that matters to him. That's not really Bill anymore. Bill's just trying to, you know, check some boxes before he rides off to the sunset in Nantucket with Cougar Linda in the next two or three years. Now, who's going to be their coach? Who knows? Maybe he hands it off to Jared Mayo, but that's why he's doing all this weird stuff. Older people, super rich guys that are super successful, they can do some weird things in their 70s. I know I saw it as a kid growing up. Some of my friends' grandparents that ran companies that were successful is start going off the rails a little bit. And I'm not saying Bill's losing it or anything, but he's just going to do some wacky things moving forward. Be prepared. The other thing is I don't think... We've talked about it a little bit, but really just the in the the actual trades in a vacuum were such big deals, right? Khalil Mack getting traded, Tyree Kill getting traded, obviously Devontae getting traded, Russell Wilson getting traded. I do think there's been a a Rams ramification of the NFL. And anytime you're a trendsetter, uh you're always gonna be called an idiot, a whack job, you're gonna fail. Anyone that trend sets. Every average person and the majority of humans are going to say, you're going to fail. That's dumb. It's human human nature, right? I just think of a couple years ago. Do you remember when Russell Okun, I didn't really probably know what Bitcoin was. Not that I didn't have heard of it, but probably until the last couple years. Really, cryptocurrency, all that stuff. You know, I, I could not even, I can't explain it now, but I definitely couldn't have even said more than a sentence on it two years ago. And I'll never forget when he wanted to get paid in Bitcoin, every single person, and I'm probably guilty, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? What a moron. And think how many players are going to be paid in Bitcoin in the future, moving forward. I got news for it's going to be a lot. He was just the first. And oh, he might, maybe if you're listening to this, you're a crypto guy, there are others. But there are going to be many, many more moving forward. Honestly, in 20 years, it's not out of the realm of possibility that a large percentage of players, and that large percentage of players could be like 30-40% are being paid in cryptocurrency. I would never discount that. Now, I, I can't read the future, but it's clearly a trend where we're headed, right? At any time you set the trend in anything in society, you're called an idiot. And let's face it, people thought the Rams were off their rockers for years. I've seen it in my own business Right. Like, uh, remember, like five, six years ago when everyone started pivoting to like video and, and they told all the big J journals, they're like, listen, you know, this writing thing, these newspapers are going to die eventually. Right? So you better get on uh, the video. Remember Jake Paul was like, all oh, these idiot YouTubers. These YouTubers. What are these YouTubers doing it? Then then the uh, list of how much all the YouTubers were making, they're no longer called idiots. They're called businessmen that are printing cash. And do you notice now? Everyone's on YouTube. Why? Because there's money to be made on YouTube. But five, six, eight years ago, if you're like, I made my living off YouTube. I love saying, they're like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm a podcaster. I, I, listen, it's not... It feels big to me, but a lot of people are like, man, you can make a living off that. So like, yeah, I do, I do okay. But you get kind of side eyed. But if I said, you know what? I sell insurance. They'd be like, that is a stable job. Way to go, John. You know, but if I, you know, actually, I, I stream for a living. They'd be like, what? What are you doing? And uh, just the nature of the deal. The Rams have been trading these picks for a long period of time. Because we, I, I've been talking about this for a long time because I've heard so many general managers talk about it. And really, this guy takes a lot of shit, but the most outspoken of it all was John Schneider. And for a long period of time, right, the, the Seattle Seahawks were always drafting somewhere between like 24 and 31 or 32, right? They always drafted in the late to mid-20s. And John Schneider was adamant. He's like, the reason we're always trading back or trading that pick for players is is because on any given draft, there are not 32 first-round players. There are only 16 to 18. And some years, they might be 14. Now, obviously, there are going to be 32 picks in the first round. But if I'm drafting a guy at 24 that I have a second-round grade on, I then have to pay that guy first-round money. And there's not great value to that. Now, if that guy becomes... And here's the thing. On draft night... And your draft grades, like three years later, they don't always reflect. You're not always going to be right. But, but you can only go off the information you have. So on draft night, if I'm, let's say, um, the Miami Dolphins and the Oakland Raiders, they both traded picks in the 20s. The Raiders traded pick 22 for Devontae, and obviously they're second. And the Miami Dolphins traded the 49ers pick at 20, 29. I actually think it's pretty easy for them to justify More than likely, this draft is not known as a very top-heavy draft. There's a lot of depth in the draft. But it's definitely not viewed as a lot of difference-making players in the first round. Like last year, it was pretty clear there were some studs, right? Kyle Pitts was considered a Hall of Fame talent. Jamar Chase had one of the greatest college seasons we'd ever seen. One thing's looking back, if Micah Parsons hadn't set out the season, that guy's going top five. And then you factor in all the quarterbacks. You factor in the linemen. Like, they were flaunt. It was, it was viewed as an elite draft for a reason. They were just difference-making players. This draft is not viewed that way. So, when you're making these trades, you, you look at forever. It was like, you know, if you make that trade and it blows up in your face, you're going to suck. Well, the Rams haven't been perfect on all their trades, right? Brandon Cooks, that was a flop. Didn't they once upon a time trade for Sammy Watkins? That didn't really work. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey has gone pretty well. I, I, I would call that like a B plus. I wouldn't give it like an A plus. I'd say Matt Stafford was basically an A minus A. But it shows when you get talent, if you can afford to pay him on the cap and your owner has the cash to put an escrow slash the signing bonus, it makes no sense to keep that pick in the late first round. It just doesn't, unless you need to reset your team. Like, I think that's the way the Chiefs view it, right? They chose to pivot off that, and who knows? Is it inconceivable to think that they use one of those picks to trade for a player? Maybe trade back and accumulate more picks next year? I think everything's on the table. They just wanted more options. But I do think that the Rams have shown the league that these picks in the 20s, who gives a shit? Why does it matter? Do you think the 49ers—now, they don't even know if Trey Lance can play— but ultimately, they traded pick 29. Like That that was the pick they used. The Rams used pick 32 to get Matt Stafford. So I think sometimes when we use the power of picks, and listen, I, I was a college scout. The power of picks is a really big deal. But I've seen a lot of picks. You know, For every Fletcher Cox when I was with the Eagles, we drafted some Danny Watkins. So picks are just that. They are a complete gamble. One thing that's not a gamble, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Khalil Mack, Russell Wilson. Now, the It'd be like, well, what if those guys get hurt? Yeah, it's football. Guys can get hurt on any given snap, on any given play. They can get hurt in the weight room. They can get hurt training on a grass field in May. They can get hurt in an NFL game in November. You have you can't control any of that. But I can't control. I know this guy's an elite ass kicker, and the Rams have shown, just put your chips in the middle of the table. What, what are you wasting time for? And you would say that the the money flowing into the NFL, owners are never have never had less patience. So they're not going to wait around for you to lose. And it's like, well, we missed on another pick. You're going to get fired.
2: FanDuel Sportsbook NBA Same Game Parlay. What is it? Gives you a chance to turn a small bet into a big payday. It's my favorite. Choose any NBA game, any one. Combine multiple bets within the game. How many three-pointers made, who the leading scorer is going to be, and more into one wager. For bigger wins. 10 bucks can become a lot of money. Monday, I like the rappers over the Celtics, Pascal Siakam to go over his projected point total. Make the midseason feel like the playoffs on FanDuel Sportsbook. Get paid fast. If you're a new customer, you can bet five bucks and get 150 bucks in site credit instantly guaranteed. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Promo code is always Colin to get this deal, C-O-L-I-N, to bet the NBA today. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana E N Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline line 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia.
0: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco... Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country.
1: Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash J O H N. That's LinkedIn.com slash J O H N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash. Baker Mayfield, which John Lynch today explained, you know, like, let's face it, the 49ers overplayed their Jimmy Garoppolo hand. He got surgery and it blew up in their face and now they're stuck with him, at least till training camp. And then they're also praying for someone to get hurt. Who knows if that's going to happen? But we've all agreed that Jimmy's a very flawed player. Like his best quality is the human being. (laughs) You know, when your best quality is a quarterback, he's like, this guy's a great guy. Not at all. like When we say, what's Tom Brady's best quality? It's not that he's a teammate and he's the greatest teammate of all time. It's like his arm, his mind, his ability to manipulate defenses, Peyton, you know, the way we describe all these guys, and then you talk about the guy. I said this a while back. Baker Mayfield, when Chris Mortensen talks and he crushes a player, I truly believe that comes from the owner. Chris Mortensen ain't your new age Big J journal. He knows every single owner on speed dial. And when you're going to say something as an old school Big J, about someone's character, you're going to have it backed up by someone you feel comfortable with. And the owner is someone you're going to feel very comfortable with because he's telling you something that clearly he gets from the coach and the general manager is kind of an unfiltered thing. And I said this within the last, whatever Mort said about Baker Mayfield that they want a grown-up in the room. I can't get over, and I've been saying for a while, like I I was much more mature in my 30s than I was in my 20s, but I also never got married. If a married man, whether that guy is 25 or whether that guy's 40, has been married a couple years and someone describes that individual as very immature, I kind of red flag just the whole situation. I last serious relationship I was in, I gained, I, I feel like I grew as a human exponentially. I, I got I be I came out of that thing a way better human being. And most people are. Like there's a reason people settle down, it helps them focus. It helps him just grow as a guy. And this is a married guy that clearly Cleveland thinks is a complete slap. There's a reason he's still on the team. Because I think he's toxic around the league. This guy was the number one overall pick. And we could argue if that was an overdraft, which, you know, in hindsight, it was. But just a couple years ago, in 2020, he had a fantastic season. And I understand he's injured or had an injury, this last year, but that shouldn't wipe away everything that positively happened for the guy two years ago, right? Matt Ryan's been up and down for years, and it's like, well, he's such a good guy. Think about all the quarterbacks. Matt Ryan's such a great guy. We crush Carson Wentz, rightfully so. It's like, what is your deal? And forever, there were two sides with the Baker Mayfield thing, and Coward was the leader on the one side, and he was proven right. Like, they call this guy not an adult in the room, like, can't get his stuff together, and they basically can't stand the guy. And they went to Deshaun Watson, who has 22 civil cases pending. And I, I just, to me, Baker's a walking, talking red flag at this point. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel if I was another team, I wouldn't touch him. He's on the books for $18 million. He, His old team that he had success with couldn't run him out of the build. One thing, like, with with uh, Indy and Carson Wentz. He was there one year. He blew it the last two games and they missed the playoffs. Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns has been in the playoffs one time in the last like 15 years and Baker Mayfield was the quarterback. A year later, they're like, we are done with this cat. We can't stand him. We are going to move off of him. And, you know, it's not like he's just, you know, he's got some, he's, he's just single, he's out and about. Like, Dude's married. <laughs> you know, it's like, and he still can't figure it out? What a bizarre kind of fall from grace, Even even in Cleveland. Uh, some other news today is the Hard Knocks. I think the brand's dead. Uh, I, I thought it officially died last year. I thought it was unwatchable. I watched the first episode and I was done. I I, I couldn't watch anymore. Uh, it's it's become we know too much about the NFL. We we've seen it before. Hard Knocks have been going now for two decades. Like we saw inside the meeting room with the coaches and the scouts. Like we've seen inside a guy getting cut, and they don't show any of that stuff anymore. So my question is, with hard knocks, like, is this thing even around in a couple years? All these teams now do their own internal deals, right? They all, if you go to their YouTube page, all do some semblance of their own hard knocks. And they did the Detroit Lions, which I understand Dan Campbell probably be kind of entertaining for the bits and pieces that you show them. But overall, like, there hasn't been a hard knocks on paper that I will be like, yeah, if I don't watch one second, I don't care. Now, I'm sure there will be some funny stuff with Dan Campbell, and I'll watch a little, but I really think it's over. Uh, The ratings last year were in the tank. I I, I think the consumer's kind of bored with it because they've, it's just, it's too bland now. You got to give us something. I say it all the time about the Netflix F1 series. You couldn't pay me to watch F1. Until this last week, I actually watched, uh, probably you know 20 laps of the deal. I I don't care about racing at all, but their content on that show is fantastic. The different what would be the equivalent of coaches or GMS on the different teams constantly talk shit about each other. The the drivers will talk some shit about each other or the other teams. There is conflict. There's no really conflict in Hard Knocks anymore. Like. The undrafted free agent that's not going to make the team. Like we've seen this story over and over and over again. And now in the individual teams, like the Colts do something that is just much better than anything you'll see on Hard Knocks. So I think it's kind of over. Uh the Bills are officially now getting a stadium. they you know, there were some threats about maybe them moving, what was going to happen, who was going to pay. $850 million given by the taxpayer. Of course, the natural inclination of uh you know social media is like how could the government give them any money it's like listen i live in california we have like a two trillion surplus of cash i used to think like you know you'll you know, pay more in taxes you help out the single mom and the, and the poor kid that's not what happens I, again i live in california where we have more tax revenue than any other state by a distant mile. We lead the country in poor people and it ain't going to the single moms. So it's not like this tax money actually helps anybody. That's my thing. Like, if you were the bills, I would, I, how do you blame anyone for taking free money? If someone would give you free money, for, like the government would be like, hey, you want to buy a house? We will give you the down payment. Would you say no? Like, of course, it's just business one-on-one. But this notion that these tax dollars would go to help other people, again, people are rotting in California. We have the market cornered on homeless people and somehow we operate like we're Apple and have this trillion dollar surplus of tax revenue. So this notion that it could go to help someone, well, yeah, it could in theory, but that's not actually what we ever use the money for. So I don't ever get bothered by these, Teams that get money from the government because I've seen it firsthand forever in California. You just fucking waste away cash year in, year out. And you don't actually help the people that need the help. So the, the reaction on social media is very, very predictable. But it's just, it's not, it's not reality. Period, point blank, end of story. So the Bills are getting a new stadium. Happy for Bills fans. Probably look pretty sweet. And uh, the Peligulas who have a shitload ton of money. I understand getting mad that super rich people can pull stuff off like this. But it just, it's happened for a long time. It's going to continue happening. My my main issue is just thinking that those tax dollars would actually be used correctly to help the people in need because that's just not what happens. Uh, Malik Willis, a lot of buzz that he's going to be the first quarterback. I think it's a lock Uh, because the other guys, like why would you, if you got a chance to take a big swing, why would you try to hit a double? The whole point of taking a quarterback really high is to hit a home run, is to land a Josh Allen, is to land a Patrick Mahomes, is to land a Justin Herbert, is hell to land what Lamar. If we could redo that draft, Lamar Jackson's going two, right? If Josh's going one, he's going two. You're trying to hit a grand slam. Like ultimately, if your comp for Kenny Pickett is like, you know, he's like Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, like the other guy, it's like, well, he could be a star. He might not be. You might whiff, but you might as well take a big swing. So to me. Malik Willis, I even saw Tomlin. Tomlin can't even hide his excitement on the guy. The thing is, the Steelers, he's never going to get last to the Steelers. Like, that's not happening, you know? So the thing with Malik Willis, I think there is probably a 50-50 chance. As crazy as it is, the one game I've watched him, Ole Miss, he was terrible. Now he's playing Liberty. They're playing the SEC team that won 10 games. I mean, Ole Miss beat Texas A&M. I mean, they were legit. I mean, it was the best regular season in the history of the program. But my one exposure, not great. But physically, I will not dispute. I I remember my couple exposures with Josh Allen when he was at Wyoming against Oregon. I think against Iowa. Maybe it was Nevada. I I forget who the couple games, the national television games that I watched. It was ugly. It was really, really bad. And he's gone on to become a great player. So to me, you could easily justify there's a reason we pay our head coach $10 million. There's a reason we pay our offensive coach a couple million dollars. There's a reason we pay our quarterback coach $800,000. Earn your fucking money. Coach this guy up, <laughs> you know that would. If I was the owner, that would be my mindset. Like, can this guy? Does this guy have the physical traits to coach up? Because I've seen enough guys now get coached up and improve. Justin Herbert, I thought he was kind of inaccurate in college. He's been very accurate in the pros. Like whoever's coaching him's doing a good job. It, it, why are we paying you guys all this money? You guys are paid a premium. It's like coach these guys up. And to me, Malik Willis would be the no brainer if I'm taking a swing. Now that might again some of these guys. Eventually, some of these quarterbacks are not going to work out, right? And we started to see it, right? Sam Darnold flop, Baker Mayfield in shambles, Josh Rosen's a joke. I mean, it's it started to slowly creep in last year. It's like it's a couple of these guys, like of those five players, two or three of them are just not going to be good NFL players. Uh, it's hard to tell after one season, but like in a couple years, we're going to know for for sure. <laughs> not all of them are not getting hundred million dollar extensions. That's not happening. Uh, the coach's picture came out, and I said this yesterday, weird things are going on in Carolina. Anytime that you leak that, uh, you're basically the, who you have first round draft grades on is a little bizarre. You know, one, you're either directly lying to the, uh, to the newspaper beat reporter, which is not abnormal. That happens. You know, this is known as lying season. You push things out. But I don't really know on March 28th how that behooves you. Uh, Maybe because you're negotiating with the 49ers or the Browns over their quarterbacks in a trade. So you're trying to let them know, like, we have really high draft grades. That's possible. But as I've said, I I do think the owner, given his level of wealth, given how, how new he is, given how much he paid for the team, all in cash, has to be getting very, very impatient has to be getting very, very edgy. The picture that stood out to me in that coach's photo today, Matt Rule looks absolutely terrible. He's not 65 years old. I looked it up before I hopped on here. He's 47 years old. You know how like when a president goes in and then he comes out and he looks like 20 years older? Sometimes that happens with football coaches, right? You become, you're an offensive coordinator. You're, you're in shape because you're able to get workouts in. You got some time management. Then you become a head coach, and it just all goes out the window. And you you, you know, you know, leave the office. Five years later, you look like Matt Patricia. Matt Rule looks like he's gained about 50, year, 50 pounds. He looks as unhealthy as you can possibly look. And I just wonder if this Carolina experiment, they gave him so much money, money talk, shit walks. It was hard for him to turn down. The opportunity to be an NFL head coach, the opportunity to run an organization, I completely understand why he took it. But it's been a complete failure. And his body just shows it. Like, he just looks like I'm a disaster. This is a disaster. We're a disaster. Almost, I feel bad for him a little bit. And it's hard. Listen, you know, the guy's got more money than he'll ever need, generational wealth. Like, his family's fine. But you just see the body language. That's a miserable, miserable human. And I think he knows he's going nowhere fast. He's on a ship that isn't just taking on water, it's sinking. And, you know, sometimes as the captain of the ship, you either go down with it. We've seen before in the NFL with college coaches, you jump off it. There's a lifeboat. And I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if next year they're a 6-7 win team that Matt Rule pulls a Nick Saban, that pulls a Bobby Petrino. And he's the head coach of a college program in the middle of December and just leaves. And it's just kind of a mutual breakup. They just go their separate ways. Because you cannot look at that picture and go, yeah, this guy's long for the league. Uh, Things aren't going well. uh, The guy needs to get healthy. I mean, he really does. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast, powered by FanDuel. Every weekday, our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same-game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcast. only on the Volumes Podcast Network. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country.
1: Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn... 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want like workout equipment for your home and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com Okay, let's dive into a little uh, Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. The DMs are wide open. And uh, here's a question I just got from Devin. I don't even know if he wants me to share this, but... New to the Shaved Head Gang. And have a couple questions for you. Do you shave your head every day? One, I do not uh, shave every other day. Depending now, if I have like going on a date, doing something serious, going to do, you know, camera work, you know, if I'm recording a podcast, even that I don't need to. But if I want to look slick, I do it. If I don't, I don't. Uh, Could I shave every day? You know, it'd be hard on my skin, but your body kind of gets used to it. I probably could shave every 36 hours. The question, do you get dry skin on your scalp? And if so, how do you get rid of it? I moisturize. So here's the key. When you go bald, you no longer use shampoo, right? It, you guys listening to this with hair, just shampoo your hair, get out and dry your hair. Us bald people, we wash our face and our head all in one. So your face wash actually just use on your whole head. So after you shave your face, and I I shave my face and my head in the shower, first thing I do when I get out is I lotion up. So I lotion uh, lotion my head, lotion my body, but definitely your head. I put a lot of lotion on my dome. And especially after I shave. It's a little tricks to the trade. Okay, let's, uh, let's bang out some questions. I got some new ones, but I got to answer some oldies but goodies. Hey, John, love the pot. My brother, father, and I are in disagreement about what the expectations for Denver should be next season. I think playoffs or it's a total fail. Am I being too hard on my team? P.S. If you have Hulu, you have ESPN Plus and Disney Plus. So hop on there and watch some Mandalorian. Uh, Not a big Mandalorian. It's not really my style, but I hear you. Let me answer your question. Uh, Yes. Anything but playoffs with Russell Wilson is a disaster. I think that is very fair to say that if your team does not make the playoffs with Russell Wilson as your quarterback after making a historic trade, and your roster is really good, it would feel like a kick in the you-know-what. Now, it's going to be difficult. I've said over and over, the AFC West, there is going to be a team in the AFC West, the Raiders, the Chargers, or the Broncos, that is going to go like 8-9 nine or 9-8, nine and eight, and it's going to feel like you just won three games. It's going to feel a disaster. Because any of the teams that don't make the playoffs in that division, it's going to be a problem. Now, I don't think that the Chiefs are going to miss, but hell, I could be wrong. But I'll just bank on the team that makes playoffs every year. London. Blinn College. Someone asked me a question that they were going to Blinn College. is where Cam went and won the junior college natty. It's good information. FYI, just listen to the mailbag. Uh, Remember Cam Newton went to Florida with Urban Meyer, and then he got the boot, because I think he stole a laptop or something. Hey, John, question for the mailbag. What's the Packers' plan? It can't possibly be to pay Aaron $50 million a year in his final Super Bowl window and then go into the season with Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers, and a rookie, right? Those guys wouldn't crack the three deep for most Super Bowl contenders. I'm shocked they weren't in the discussion for Tyreek. They have to have a plan, right? If you have time, the second question. I've uh, been a bit. You've. I think you've been a bit harsh on Sam Darnold. I get it. He didn't play well last year. But who was he playing behind the Panthers' line? Darnold has had god awful coaching in college. Yet he carried the team to twenty and four record. True. Helton will w- never win another t- uh, twenty games in his next four years combined without him being drafted. To the Jets is like a death sentence. Multiple bad head coaches. What was Carolina expecting? They have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. They only have one elite weapon in McCaffrey. I think DJ uh, Moore's pretty good. And if he only played four games. They fired their offensive coordinator midseason. You often surmise the head coach has no idea what he's doing. Okay, you know, you make you make fair points. Sam Darnold has just developed bad habits. I think sometimes in life, regardless what your circumstances are, you can develop bad habits. And bad habits are difficult to break the longer you're in an industry uh, I, I know some as a single guy. I, I you know the last relationship in going into it, I had some bad habits developed, and it was very healthy for me to realize like I, these are not healthy big picture, and I've just become a better person since. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks that go to shitty organizations, then they go to a good one and they get their good habits hammered back home into them. Because I would say when I watch Sam Darnold, I see a very very reckless player uh, who might just you know he's only twenty four years old. Maybe he just needs a complete career reset. Uh, so if you told me that Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid or Sean Payton got their hands on him, I know Sean Payton's retired, but you know what I mean? I guess retired might be strong. He's just taking some time off. Yeah. Could he be resurrected for sure? The The, the Packers thing is a little bizarre. I saw Gudikins talk to the uh, media today and he's right. He said, our roster today is not going to be our roster in a month. It's not going to be our roster in six months. It's not going to be our roster when the season starts. I get that. But I say, Brian, what are your options at wide receiver? You're clearly going to draft a guy, but there is no guarantee for every Justin Jefferson, there's a Jalen Rager. For every you know Debo Samuel, there's a Dante Pettis. Like, picks do not always hit. And no one knows at the time. I don't care who you are. No one thought Tyreek Hill was going to be that good. Right? Devontae Adams went in the end of the second round. So I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Like, Could he sign Julio Jones? I guess, but Is he physically shot? Um, I just think them, depending on the draft, is just... It's a lot, man. It really is. And like you said, you have this great, great player. You don't want to get in a position where all of a sudden you realize, like, our team's just not good enough. Like, the Lakers. They have LeBron, who's still fucking unreal, but their team sucks. It just... And I know Anthony Davis has been hurt, but even if Anthony Davis was healthy, the rest of their team blows... Part of the reason the Packers have been good the last couple of years, they've had a really good team. Sweet wide receiver, sweet running back, sweet offensive line. You, it's, but Devontae could dominate. Now they have no they Scantling's a pretty solid player. And I, I I like Lazard, but holy moly. Why is no one talking about Juju to the Chiefs? I understand that he's not fast or quite as dynamic as Hill, but with Andy drawing up plays and Patty Mahomes throwing it to him, he's gonna be dangerous. Aaron, Steelers fan. I agree. Clearly, the Chiefs have liked Juju for a long time. I would imagine they liked Juju a lot coming out of college. They tried to sign him last year. They tried to sign him again this year, and they got him. Now, Juju, when he first came in the league, when Antonio Brown was still there, was sweet. I'm pretty sure if I go to his stat page, Juju sports reference, Juju's first, I guess his first two seasons, Rookie season, 58 catches, 7 touchdowns. His second season, which was his massive year, 111 catches, 7 touchdowns. Even in 2020 with the Steelers, 97 catches, 9 touchdowns. I think the question with them is just focus, maturity, tick-tocking. There is no doubt Juju Smith-Schuster can play. And I'm with you. If Andy likes you, you're going to get your opportunities on offense. He's got positional value. You know, he can play inside. You know, if you have to go outside some jump balls, I'm with you. Uh, What's up, bro? Listen all the time while I work. You're pretty funny as well. I'm a Bengals fan, so I despise Cleveland. But I'm confused on how the Browns are now like four, or like top four or five in the AFC in odds to win the Super Bowl above the Bengals. It makes no sense. Do you think the Bengals, or excuse me, no sense? What do you think? I also think people are overhyping Watson. He's not top seven or eight in the NFL. Well, I would agree in the sense he hasn't played a game in a year. And depending on how long he gets suspended, he will not have taken an NFL snap in probably two seasons, like two calendar years. That's a long time. If they get good quarterback play, the Browns are pretty good. I mean, they have arguably the best pure pass rusher in the league in miles. Their defense is solid. Their running game is unreal. Their tight end is good. They add Amari. I mean, they might bring back Jarvis Landry. Their line's good. Deshaun is so much better than Baker. So much better than Baker. But there is a massive question mark what he's going to look like when he comes back just early. I think eventually he'll be fine. But he hasn't played football in so long. He's never been a cold weather guy. I always red flag that. Like He's a lifetime great weather guy. Played at Clemson, been in Houston in a dome, Like, you play at Cleveland, you are playing two months of the year, playing Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You're playing cold-weather games. He doesn't have a huge arm, but it's good enough. Uh, You know, he's kind of got, to me, like a little bigger version of Russell Wilson. Uh, That, to me, is kind of the mold I would put him in. But I I would say that, you know, fair or not, I think a lot of people, not a flash in the pan because your offense is really good, but are you really like a Super Bowl team? Now, the Bengals, to me, are going to compete to win double-digit games as long as Joe Burrow plays. And do I trust Joe Burrow more than this Deshaun situation? For sure. Do you have the best quarterback in the division? If I had to pick one guy in that division, and I, I've i come around on Lamar, I would take your guy. But, you know, I, I do think the Browns roster is better than yours. Fair or not, could be wrong. Well, I know a lot of people, it sucks. You make the Super Bowl and then people think you're like overrated. But that's just nature of pro sports. Recently found your podcast. I've been loving it. Appreciate it. I've been seeing a lot of NFL teams convert base salaries to signing bonuses. Therefore, freeing up cap space. Why didn't the Cowboys do that with Cooper? Because I don't think they wanted Cooper on their team anymore. Part of when you do that, let's say I owe you $10 million this year. And instead of just having a $10 million salary, I'll convert that. We'll extend your contract. I'll convert that $10 million to a signing bonus. I can amortize that over two years. You stay on my books. They traded Cooper and they're done with him. After this year, he will not impact them anymore. I think they wanted to move on from the player. To me, you convert bonuses on guys you want to keep. Right? Like the 49ers did that with George Kittle and Eric Armstead. They converted their salaries. Because they needed cap space, but they didn't want to get rid of those guys. You guys, you know, if you're a cowboy fan, I'm assuming, did not want to keep Amari, which a little weird, but I, I do think he can drive you nuts because he has all this talent, but he's he's not an overachiever, right? Just in terms of something's missing for a really good player. And I think Amari's really good. But once you start paying him a lot of money, I, I can see how he drives you nuts. So I think it's just simple. They didn't want to convert anything because they didn't want him on their team anymore. Could you remind people Andrew Luck quit nine days before the season started and, and I still hate him for that? <laughs> for the timing, for the, decision. for the decision. Imagine Mahomes quitting nine days before the season. I was at the Bears preseason game the week before he quit and saw him throwing balls on the sideline. Colts fan from Indy. I would say the difference of using Patrick Mahomes as an example Andrew Luck had missed a season and was also injured when he announced his retirement. Like his body was falling apart cuz Ryan Grixon put the worst offensive line you've ever seen in front of him. Now part of it is Andrew was a little reckless with his body, but still that team was got him destroyed. But his body, I know he got in the uh, snowboarding accident, but had he he had missed a season and he was he was going to miss another, he was going to go on pup. Like, his it, Patrick Mahomes plays. Josh Allen plays. To me, it would be the equivalent of, like, you'd have to think of some injured guy. If, like, Dak Prescott last year just would have quit. You, you, ha, you have to factor in the injuries. You know, he, he was not just some healthy player that just said, screw it, I'm out. What about Baker to the Niners? I feel he's more accurate and more mobile than Jimmy. Plus, the Niners run heavy will help with Baker not being a superb star quarter, superstar quarterback. If Kyle can go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy, beat the Rams twice, beat the Packers, I feel he can do it with Baker. Here's the thing with Kyle. Kyle values character in his quarterbacks. Kyle has a soft spot for Jimmy, who is a very flawed player because of the guy. His work ethic, his football knowledge, his just being a pro. I would imagine Kyle's favorite player of all time is Matt Ryan, who's the ultimate pro. Kyle Shanahan loved Matt Schaub, Kyle Shanahan loved Kirk Cousins. Baker, again, these aren't my words. These are his team's words. The owner, the coach, and the GM through Chris Mortensen is a slappy. And Kyle ain't dealing with slappies at quarterback. Honestly, he doesn't like dealing with them at any position. So I, I think it's just simple that one, you just go with Trey Lance. You're all, you've are all you traded all these picks. I, I, I talked about it earlier. Like, how is Baker... Who has had a productive career, who's the number one overall pick, who doesn't make that much money, who could be had unless they're asking for like a first round pick. Nobody wants him because of the person. And I defended Baker when Colin immediately, you know, early on in his career was crushing him because I thought Baker Mayfield was going to be Drew Brees. And as I've said many times, you cannot disconnect the person from the player at quarterback. Ultimately, the type of person that Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett, it's irrelevant if you can rush the passer or tackle someone or catch some touchdowns. At quarterback, you've got to be a high-level guy. And clearly, Baker, something is off. Very, very off. Chaz here using my dog's Instagram account to send a DM. Big fan. Couldn't agree more with your take from Friday's show about Amazon Prime and the viewers not being prepared to stream thursday night football jimmy trania simply is out of touch which where the world is today almost every base tv on the market has a smart tv feature and chromecast capabilities there are no way someone could honestly believe someone in their 50s and up does not have a netflix or similar streaming service account whether it was up to one of their kids or in a parent's case themselves or in my parents case themselves They call them cord cutters. They stream everything. I agree. My question. In 2016, in Canada, DAZN bought the rights to the NFL broadcasting through a streaming app. In 2018, they acquired many other leagues, including EPL, Champions League, beating TSN and Sportsnet for their sole rights. Do you see something similar happening in the U.S. where DAZN will be able to take the rights from AT&T, DirecTV, and... And stream the entire Sunday, Monday schedule one day. Ten to twenty dollars a month. Can't afford not to own that subscription. Justin Thomas to win the masters, take it easy on Harden, trust the process, and go birds. Like this guy. Uh, I, I like what you're saying. Like, again, if you don't have my, my mom, all she watches is Netflix and Amazon Prime. She's in her 70s. Like the, the game's changed. This the game has changed since 2015. I used to get, in the middle of the 2010s, hard newspapers. I would get the Chronicle every day. I would get the Sacramento Bee. You couldn't pay me to read those newspapers now. The hard copy. I mean, if there's an article. But when I click on their articles, they don't let me read them because they're all behind a paywall. So the the world changed so rapidly. And Thursday Night Football is going to be fine. And like I said, Bezos doesn't care about television ratings. Uh, DeZone, I think what's going to happen is Amazon or Apple are going to buy direct package or the you know I I've never had it but uh I know a lot of you guys that listen the direct TV the Sunday Sunday package I think that's going to be on a streaming service cuz Apple or Bezos does not care if it costs them a couple billion dollars a year. These are line items for that company. It is much harder for some of these you know ABC CBS like not that they're pitching pennies but their commitments, it has to pencil, even if they're going to be super aggressive. it Bezos didn't lose one second of sleep, regardless what he paid for Thursday night football. It does not matter to him. So I, I would be less likely to think DeZone gets it, and more likely to think that Apple or Amazon gets it. That that's that would be my guess. Again, the, I don't know anyone, no one's told me that, but that would be my educated guess. Your takes on Deshaun Watson are refreshing, You've covered the whole thing from such an objective standpoint. Well done, because I'm I don't I'm not subjective on this matter. I don't have any I I just don't like I have no I don't know anyone with the Browns. I just don't care. What are Houston's next step forward in your opinion? How would you begin to change the perception of the franchise? I think the key, and I saw this headline is people keep asking Howie Roseman about the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback, and he keeps saying the same things like Jalen's our quarterback, Jalen's our quarterback. The key of this draft is building foundational pieces. Last year, they think they have a couple. They think Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson will be foundational pieces. If they can get two out of the three draft picks this year to be a sweet offensive lineman and a sweet defensive lineman, you're in good shape. The key for the Texans is last year. They they drafted really well. They might have found their quarterback, who at worst could just be like a better version of like Kirk Cousins. Can with their two picks, they land... Kyle Hamilton, and Garrett Wilson, who just become pro bowl level players. If you can get two impact players with their two draft picks, they're, they're fucking sitting pretty. The key is to get difference making players at three, whoever they draft has to be a stud. And at whatever the other pick who uh, 13, another stud, you know, they, they want to get to impact Ten-year starters who can be Pro Bowl players. That, to me, is the key. And then a couple other draft picks to become starters. So you got to start nailing draft picks to be impact players, a couple impact players, and then just a bunch of other starters, right? A good linebacker here, a good tight end there, a good corner there. That's the key. Last question. I'm from the Sacramento area as well, from Colton. Do you think the Raiders could end up signing Honey Badger or Stephon Gilmore? Uh, I would say the Honey Badger, they drafted some safeties last year. The kid from TCU is actually pretty good. So I would say no. I'm pretty sure they're kind of similar players. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, I would say, would continue to be in play. Right? Who are their corners? Not very good players. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but the kid from Clemson they drafted a couple years is okay. He's tall, long. Rocky Sin has just not been a good NFL player. Their DBs just aren't very good. So I would say that Gilmore, as long as he will, is out there, will be in play. But as I talked about on Sunday's pod, Gilmore, Honey Badger, Julio Jones, Bobby Wagner, these guys don't view themselves as $2 million players. They've been used to making $12, $15, $18 million. So when these teams go, hey, Stefan, we'll give you $3 million, incentivize it up to $10. He goes, You're crazy. I'm used to playing on $15, $18 million of real money. Now you're going to pay me three or four million dollars. But that's the way the league works with veteran players. And that's why I think these situations get very complicated fast with older guys. Because they have almost this false sense of how good they are. Right? It's like, yeah, you're good, but you're really that good, you know? <laughs> and yeah, he still might be good, but he's old, he can get hurt, you're coming off an injury. It's just these are complicated situations. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a good week. We'll have the golf podcast uh, out Wednesday. We're we're a week away, week away Wednesday from you know the par three contest at Augusta. And I don't know if you know, I would put the Masters up there. I love a Masters. I mean, it's just I live for the Masters. Can't freaking wait. And I swear to God, if Tiger Woods comes back, we're gonna have a big big Masters week. It might even have to react after the uh, Sunday if if Tiger didn't want to make the cut. You know, we'll have, a, we'll have a Sunday pod about the Masters. Okay, adios. Talk to everyone soon. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and two percent cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24 seven U S based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option